Hey guys, welcome to A Spoonful of Sugar with Kirsten and Jamie, where we digest the real one bite at a time. My name is Jamie. And my name is Kirsten. And today we have a special guest. Get excited. Today we have our friend Denise. Hi, you guys. And we're excited for her to join our conversation. I know it's been a while since we had our last podcast episode. And please forgive us, but life got real. It was for a good reason. Jamie, why don't you tell them what you've been up to? Okay, I'll put them on, uh, what I've been up to. Well, your girl just finished flight attendant school. Woo, take a trip. So, take a trip. (laughs) Flight, baby. Yes, uh, booked and busy. Yeah, yeah, booked and busy, right? Um, I was in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming, if you've ever heard of it. Uh, for four weeks, learning, put in the fire, yes, ma'am. you know, uh, learning how to risk my life for the passengers. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but it was fun. And I graduated. Thank God. Woo! So I am now officially a flight attendant. Thank yeah. you. Good for you. So girl. I've been busy with uh, my new career. <laughs> And passes all around. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I need the complimentary first class. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to look over y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I've been busy as well. Um, some of you know I'm in grad school, and I uh, just completed a milestone in my dissertation journey. Um, I definitely had to focus and hone in on that. So that took away some of my fun time, but that's okay because we're about to get into episode six. Yes, we're about to get into it. It's about to be juicy. It's three of us, too? Okay, man, let's get into it. All right, so today we're going to be jumping back into our conversation on motherhood. This episode is part two of a three-part series. So part one revolved around the decision to become a mother. Part two focused on the approach and and the how of motherhood. And now part three will focus on the dynamic. Jamie, you know, as we wrap up the motherhood series, I feel like this has caused me to reflect so much on the topic and concept because the dynamic between parents slash mother to child is a real critical one. Yeah. Um, It shapes people into who they are. um, And almost every personality trait that someone has stems from their childhood and their relationship with their mother or parent or lack thereof if Mm. there's an absent parent. Mm. Truer words cannot have been spoken. Kirsten, um, today I was reading uh, on Psychology Today. Uh, Parents and caregivers can make the mistake of believing that their kids are simply being stubborn when they insist that their perception of an event is the only correct one. Mm. So the idea that the child knows the truth about what happened but won't admit it Mm. can trigger a hostile reaction from adults. At this point, both the adult and child are perceiving each other from a place of hostility. So I learned that, you know, you really got to be intentional. As for me, I believe you have to be intentional to be a good parent Mm -hmm. or the best parent you can be. What about you, Kirsten? Um, I think that that can't be, I think that can't be a truer word spoken. Hmm. Um, I did not realize just how intentional you had to be. Like every interaction with your child is teaching them something. Yeah. Even if it's positive or negative. Um, and I think that when I made the decision to become a mother, I wasn't really and truly aware of all of like what goes into parenting a child mm-hmm. and how in-depth it was. I think I was very naive in that I was like, oh, I'm going to pop out a child and the motherhood will just come easily to me. And the child ring, oh, I had a strong mom, so I'm just going to do what she did and it's going to work. 
oh, it did not work like that. Right. Levi came out like me, but not like me. Mm-hmm. And this the if I parented Levi the way that I was parented, it just was not conducive to his personality. It it, it wasn't it wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I I've said this before, but parent becoming a parent sent me back to therapy. I realized there was some unpacked trauma that I really had to sort through in order mm-hmm. to be a good parent for my child and like I talk to my cousin all the time you know I'm like the buck stops here like one of our former episodes like yeah it can't keep going I I have to I have to rectify this so that it does not continue on into my child right if that makes sense it does what do you think about intention and parenting like and how that goes into your decision to want to possibly become a parent in the future Right. It's so scary. Like the thought of becoming a parent and having to really just decide how you're going to mother or parent your child and also working with your significant other to do the same Hmm. and making decisions together because you might feel one way of parenting Mm. is good and they might feel another way is better. But how do we come to the middle and who gets to like like making that final decision of this is the way we want our our child to be parented or like Oof. how we want our child to grow up in this world and hmm. it's it's hard like i can't even imagine like the kind of decisions that you have to make yeah. and having to be okay with like this is the decision i'm going to make and hoping and praying that it's going to impact your child in a positive light. Yeah. yeah. Like, I can't even think about that. Yeah. It's kind of scary. It is because you really have to be put on a united front. And mm-hmm. that's the, what that's where I struggle. Because even if I disagree with how my husband parents my son, mm-hmm. I can't really show that in front of my son. Right. But the mama in me is like, don't be hollering at my baby like that. You right. Know? <laughs> but knowing he's a parent too. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Right. But the mother in yeah. me, like Jamie and I were talking earlier, it's like it's something about like carrying that baby in my tummy for nine months. I am bonded it's to a that different child. attachment. Girl, very. Sure. And it's just yeah. like when you're yelling at him, I the mama bear in me is like I don't know if you've seen that meme with Arnold. Mm-hmm. I mean not Arnold, mm-hmm. but Arthur. Like, yeah. You guys, like <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's like gripping his fist, like don't holler at my kid. Even though I know he's in the wrong, but he's crying, and because he's crying, I'm want. And so I have to check myself. Like, okay, my husband is disciplining our child. That's his daddy, Mm -hmm. and he's just as much of a parent as I am. I need to step back and let him, especially because my son is a male and my husband's a male. There's something about that discipline and that interaction with his father Mm -hmm. that I, as the mother, don't need to intervene on. You know? Yeah. Mm. And I think this really goes back to the safe space that we have talked about in the past. Like, you know, growing up, like creating safe spaces. Um, Because how many times as a child have you been silenced in a situation just because you're the child? Even when the adult was dead wrong. Like, I remember as a Mm. child, like, being silenced or being, you know, like, hush or, or dismissed. And in my mind, even though I was a child, I still knew that that adult was wrong. Right. And that made me look at that adult with less respect. Because instead of the adult being like, this was wrong. I shouldn't have done this. I apologize. You want to hold to your guns. And whether I'm 13, 3, or 33, I know right from wrong. Right. Not that I know everything, but like right is right and wrong is wrong. Yeah. And even as a child, it just... I just remember, like I already said, like losing respect for that adult because just because seeing how hard you were going to hold on to something that was wrong. And I think that's why I apologize to my toddler so much. Like he'll be three in a couple of weeks. And all the time I find myself, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry, Levi, I apologize. I'm sure mm. did this. I yelled at him three mornings ago 
And I was like, I'm sorry, Mom. Mommy shouldn't have yelled. And I, Mommy's just really tired and sleep good last night. And he said, it's okay, Mommy. I love you. And then we move on. You know, I just it always makes me so baffled when we expect our kids to be these forgiving, apologetic, and humble creatures. But you ain't mimicking. You're not mimicking that. You're not. They can't mirror that because you're not showing them how to do that. Speak. It's so deep. Like listening to you talk, I'm just going like traveling to my time, my childhood. Like yeah. <laughs> like it's just that like, and like thinking like in therapy, this is might be have to have to be a conversation that I have to have like that. Just like that impact of how like as a child knowing like it's an adult and you're challenging them and they have an issue with that mm-hmm. and instead of accepting the fact that you, your challenge is correct mm-hmm. like they they can't take it mm-hmm. so it's interesting and and what part did your parent parent play in that mm. too? yeah yeah um i would argue even still like as an adult child in the family dynamic like i'm talking about extended family I know, like, in my family, like, if you are, if you say something too abrupt, like, too real or too raw, I know at least my generation does feel this way. It's like, it's like, that's disrespectful. Uh-huh. But is it disrespectful or are you just triggered? Like, I just want to know what you it is. Because somebody calling you out on mm-hmm. the reality, the facts. It's not even speculation or nothing. It's, it's stuff that's happened. Yeah. Right? And I think mm-hmm. about that because I, if I'm wrong, I want my child to call me on it. And I know a lot of parents, that makes a lot of parents uncomfortable. Especially a lot of old school parents. Like, you need to stay in a child's place. And I respect that. But is a child's place to sweep wrong under the rug? Or is a child's place to do it respectfully? Like, if I if I yell at Levi or if I do something, let, let's take the same situation. If I yelled at Levi and he was a preteen or whatever, mm-hmm. and I go about my day and I don't ever apologize to him. And he comes back to me and says, Mom, you yelled at me this morning. I felt like that was wrong because I was just trying to do blah, 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 blah. I hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. Am I going to then call him disrespectful for saying I was wrong? No, he's right. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just pray to God that I stay humble enough mm-hmm. to not treat my child as if they are less than just because they're a child you know mm-hmm. yeah it depends on the household man mm-hmm. i know um it's still expected of me i was talking to uh one of my family members recently and she says uh she's still catching flack for stuff because right now i'm mm-hmm. just being real i'm not on the best of terms with my mom mm-hmm. and so her mom which is my mom's sister is talking to her about me mm-hmm. saying hey my and my cousin is older than me mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. she's like yeah you know um i don't know exactly what was said but i should be keeping family first and and all that fun stuff yeah yeah, yes me 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 no matter what happens i should still be talking but nobody is holding nobody if you listening nobody is holding my mom accountable though mercy and that's why we're still not talking and i have no regrets i've never been happier in my life honestly so yeah for you i mean sad um, it's a sad situation but good for you for fighting for your peace it's a sad situation but at the end of the day what would be sadder is not breaking free of that Mm. and still living and um um and suffering yeah because that's what i was doing with my parents i was suffering and uh yeah but i'm not anymore man if that <laughs> so yeah. yeah that's interesting like that whole account accountability piece for parents mm. like taking account of like accountability of your actions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like the kind of effect that it has on your child and also teaching your child to do the same too so how can you teach them if you're not doing that's taking saying. accountability that's of your what actions? i'm saying and i don't know why even when you bring up things that may have gone wrong when you were a child people take it as a personal attack it ain't a personal attack it just is what it is mm-hmm. and and i i i don't know about you all but what therapy has taught me is that there's freedom and taking accountability and there's freedom and i'm sorry and there's freedom in um there's freedom in okay 
You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't have to take on... Like, one thing my therapist and I are working on, before I finish that thought, one thing that my therapist and I are working on is me giving back things that don't belong to me. Mm-hmm. So when I'm like, oh, if I do this, then they're going to do that. <clears throat> Kirsten, that doesn't belong to you. Give that back. Give that back. So, like, if Levi comes to me 20 years from now, and he's like, mommy, you did this, and it made me come out very angry and bitter because you never let me speak my mind or whatever. I don't know. I, what am I, I'm going to say, okay, I'm sorry. That was not my intention. Now let's go to therapy to work it out. You know what I mean? Because I I joke with my friends all the time. Like, I'm just doing the best I can. I fully intend to mess up this parenting thing. And I'm going to be right there to go through therapy with Levi to make it right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is not at all on me or him or anybody. It's not a fault thing. It's just a reality thing, you know? And, and we have to... We I, we have to get out of that, you know, that whole like, oh, because um, I grew up in the same kind of like environment and I love that environment. It's a wonderful environment, but it just breeds trauma like, oh, that's family, though. Family, family going to be there. Fa- no, family need to stop acting up. Family need to stop being disrespectful. And that's when we can get get on with the get on, you know, like, I, I don't know. I just truly feel like the accountability piece is so important. I feel that. Uh, it's freedom and accountability depending on the generation. Ooh. That's why some people are still saying family is family. No matter what happens, you need to talk to them no matter what. And they're only holding one person accountable. That's why their demon's still stuck in his closet. <laughs> and nobody's holding other people accountable. And people are still, that's why the, some kids are still dealing with their parents' trauma based off what their parents did to them. Girl. But I'm not going to go out into that. Girl. I'm not going to unpack it yet. Girl, I have, I, I have <laughs> uh, someone I know. Um, definitely not sharing any names or any details or anything, but there has been some, um, sexual abuse taking place Mm -hmm. and the person has made it known, very known, called names, made reports. It is very evident. And the majority family matriarch and majority of the family is like, what else did yo? Whatever, whatever. Like, that's family, you know. So we... This man done... That's when you got to make a decision to where you want to stay with with the family and be like, okay, I'm going to deal with it because nobody else cares. Yeah. Mm. Or you got to be like, okay, I'm going to love them from afar. Just just being real. I guess I was just floored that that this has taken place. Mm -hmm. And really, like, this girl's still dealing with... Uh, psychological issues from this traumatic experience and event and and y'all gonna say instead of holding this man accountable y'all gonna say well that's that's family mm-hmm. the, the man that's sexually abused, the, like we're not gonna call him that's on the, the carpet uncle. that's the uncle though that's the granddaddy I know. that's the, uh, the stepdaddy that's the daddy that's that's a whole nother episode it is. But that's, <laughs> that's a whole nother episode <laughs> that we can yeah that, that we might get into later on who knows girl, who knows girl but yeah all right so keeping it moving um because I know you were talking, Jamie, too, about uh, the types of child, like children you give versus how you parented a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking about that. So, um, yeah, as a parent, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as a parent, as parents and caregivers, excuse me, if we are not thoughtful, purposeful and aware, we will react to a child's poor behavior as if it's occurring in isolation or forgetting that there are a whole set of perceptions, thoughts um and feelings that drive it we may resort to rote punishment or hurtful impulsive responses that damage our relationship with our child we know that we're gonna mess up we just have to do our best yeah no i love that and um it, it kind of reminds me a little bit our conversation of a quote that you shared with me jamie earlier today 
um, said, yeah, girl, if our ultimate goal is to teach young people that they have choices when it comes to their behavior, we must begin by role modeling positive choices Mm -hmm. of our own, particularly in terms of how we respond to our kids' unwanted behaviors. Yeah. Mm. So funny story. Um, I got on to Levi. The same morning I was telling you, like, I got on to Levi about something. I turned around and I snapped at him, like, real snappy. I yelled or whatever. So what was funny is the dogs were doing something. They were tussling and playing. And Levi turned to the dogs, like, maybe 20 minutes later and did the same thing that I did to him to the dogs. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Levi, you don't talk to your dogs like that. And he was like, I'm sorry, mommy. But then when I reflected, I was like, he's just mimicking what I do to him. So everything Mm -hmm. that I do to him, he's going to do to someone else. Yes. Girl, I had to check myself, you know, like... I want Levi to be loving and humble and appropriate and, and all this stuff like that. Like, not necessarily fitting in anyone's box, but just not ha- causing harm. I just want him not to cause harm. And if I'm always beating him or snapping him or, you know, you ain't got nothing to say or you ain't got, you know, you don't have any rights, you don't have any views, you, if you don't pay no bills, you ain't got no opinion. If I'm treating him like that and putting him down like that, how can I expect for him to be a strong black man? Like, what am I raising? A punk or a man? You know? Like, I, I really have to call myself on the carpet daily about how I'm parenting this kid. Yeah, you're just mm-hmm. pulling yourself out of the negative pattern that, because that's the generation we grew up in. Mm-hmm. So, well, uh, uh, I, I say a lot of people. I grew up in that generation, but yeah. So that's good that you're aware and um, that and you're also, doing that. And also, too, one thing that I want to say, too, about like the, the differences between generations or whatever, the differences are not bad. Each generation does the best that they can mm. with what they have. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But that just may mean that we miss the mark in some places. Mm-hmm. And that's fine because you're doing the best that you can. You know, like, it's not mm-hmm. bad. Because I think some people say, like, oh, well, that's just the old generation. It's not necessarily good or bad. I mean, like, yes, it can be viewed as bad now that we know better. But back then, you might have been doing the best you can. It's just important to understand that that might not have been good enough. Right. And there may have still have been some gaps. I got to disagree right. on that. Okay, come on. I say, um, I love that I can disagree with you and we still just go yeah, like that. Yeah, man, like, I love it. I Kirsten love it. and Denise, like, you know, I disagree with you, chick. Like, we still <laughs> hugging and chilling. And I love it. But, that's healthy um, friendships right, right there. It is. Uh, the only reason I disagree with you on that, and I think I'm just very, um, what's the word, biased or okay, whatever, okay. because of my upbringing and stuff. And I know people have done intentional things to hurt me, including mm-hmm. my parents and stuff. But um, what if you you grow up in your generation? Because you said generations did the best they could with what they had. Mm-hmm. What if they grew up, growing up seeing things being swept under the rug, mm-hmm. and then something happened to their child? That's what they grew up seeing, mm-hmm. and they sweep it under the rug. And but they're supposed to be the protectors of their children. Mm-hmm. You're saying that they possibly don't know that they should be the protectors of their children. Now we're getting into our content because I'm saying that, yes, you might know that, but you might not have, might not have the tools to do that. Mm. If you grew up in that home, you're still dealing with unresolved trauma. Mm. How are you going to You're mirroring if, when you... Oh, okay, okay, okay. You see? Because it's like a thing I'm, back, uh, I'm, I guess, going back and forth with. Because I'm thinking that parenting in some ways is like an innate thing. Yeah. Natural yeah. thing. And so mm-hmm. I'm like protect your child mm-hmm. like if let's just say um sexual abuse came up you saw your child you saw growing up you saw it was swept under the rug mm-hmm. whether it happened to you or not mm-hmm. then it happened to your child and it was somebody very close in the family mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you saw it happen so i'm like well when, as a parent if you seeing that you see your child happen you're gonna go call that out mm-hmm. but you're mirroring what you saw mm-hmm. but i'm like i guess it's a different mindset because i can't i honestly can't um um 
you know, I don't understand that. But that's the other generation. Now, in this generation, in this world, we put things in the forefront. We yeah. call things out. We're out. We're queer, gay, straight, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's just a lot of things that's out in the forefront that wasn't back then in the mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And I, I think on that, too, it's like, I think a big part of those, like, when people experience trauma in their childhood and things like that, they think about, okay, well, I'm good now. So whatever my parents did for me, it's fine because look at how I am. Look at how I'm living. Look at my, you know, how yes. I'm raising my child. Yes. Like, so I think sometimes what that is is that, like, I'm good, so I'm just going to respond the same way my parents did, not knowing, like, no, no, you're not really good. Mm-mm. Like Mm-mm. you think you're good because you know you might feel like you're healthy. You might feel like you you know you might feel like you're raising good children, and yes. you probably are. But that doesn't mean that you, the way that your parents handled things for you was the right way. Girl, you might have just it just might have been luck of the luck of the draw for you that you came out you know doing well for yourself. Girl. But yeah, it, yes. like innately, like the way that you handled it for your child because you that was how it was handled for you might not work for them. Mm-mm, and don't. it didn't really work for you, but Period. you just not, you know, you just Girl, not see it as that. I know yeah. somebody I mean? right now grew up in a completely like dysfunctional, abusive home. Horrible. And I'm like, hey, have you thought about going to therapy? I don't need therapy. What am I going to go to therapy for? Mm-hmm. I'm like, that trauma got you in a chokehold. Mm-hmm. That, that trauma got you in a choke. Hold and you think you good, mm. but you're but as the outside looking in, I'm looking at how you handle conflict and it is not healthy. I'm looking at how you handle people challenging your thinking, that's not healthy. I'm watching you like tear through every relationship you ever had mm. and abolishing it because you cannot handle because you struggle with abandonment. Mm. And I'm like, it's so much you need to go to therapy for. But your trauma has got you in such a chokehold, you you don't even realize you need to go. And they think their family is good. They Girl. think everybody's good around them. But Girl. no. It's it, the norm. You and, yeah, it's yeah. the norm. That's right. Exactly and that's the sad. Yeah. And that's the sad part, truly. Because so many people are, are being held back from their true potential because they won't go to therapy. Mm. Yeah. All right. So here's a question I want to ask. What is your ultimate goal in parenting and how... Do you adjust the dynamics between you and your child to ensure that the goal is met? What do you think, Kirsten? This is such a good question because I think that it's one that everyone should ask before they decide to bring a child into this world. Wait, I didn't hear you. What did you say? What? what? You, should, you said you need to ask questions before you decide to bring a child into the world? <laughs> yes. It's not just a lackadaisical decision. Oh, okay. It doesn't just happen. <laughs> um Gosh, and it's so funny you say that because I feel like I prayed all the way through Levi's conception, like the period where we were trying and then when we didn't, it didn't happen for us. And then praying through the process of waiting and the process of pregnancy, then the process of like him growing in my belly through deliver. Anyways, and it, even the prayer was so intentional mm-hmm. with, with what I wanted for him and, and who I wanted him to be. Um but my ultimate goal in parenting is to, yeah, to create a productive member of society, but to create a humble man of God that someone else doesn't have to heal from. Ooh. That's, that's the goal for I me. I like that. That's the goal for me. Mm. And, it, and, it, and it adjusts my, I have to adjust my dynamics with my child because he's very strong-willed and he does have like this stubborn side of him and i don't want to break the wheel but i need to mold the wheel like you cannot tell me no as an adult Mm. but you have a right not to like what i'm telling you to do right right so so when i say let's say girl Mm -hmm. so 
Example, I might be like, hey, Levi, go pick up your toys. Mm-hmm. Um, and he might be like, I don't want to pick up my toys. Now, respectfully, my mama would have just popped me upside the head. Like, bop, I told you that. Blah, blah, blah. And that's not, that, now that might not have been wrong for me, for me as a child, right? But for my child, if I beat him right after, or if I pop him right after he does something wrong, or right after he talks back to me, will he talk back again? Maybe, maybe not. What does he learn to Ooh. fear me? But did you learn that when I tell you to do something, you need to do it? Maybe, maybe not. Mm. I need to make sure that the lesson is clear. Mm. So, I mean, how, how I might handle that is if he says, I don't want to pick up my toys or something, I'm going to get his attention. I'm going to turn my stern voice on and I'm going to say, I've set an expectation. I expect you to follow it. Get up, go, p- go pick up your toys. Now, my, the kind of dynamic, the relationship that I have with my kid is he's pretty for the most part obedient so i really don't usually run into those kind of things unless he hasn't had a nap or he's having a bad day which everybody's entitled to but i very rarely have to like put my hands on him i can't even remember the last time Mm. i popped him honestly Mm -hmm. um that's not saying that i won't pop him no you know i'm not gonna say what i am and am not gonna do that i think parenting will humble you very quickly in that nature yeah you know but i cannot raise a child that is compassionate and humble, understanding if I'm just beating them all the time. Because <laughs> they don't <laughs> learn nothing. When, 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 when you just beat them, they learn to fear you, which is good because to an extent, because they learn you ain't playing no games and you rah, rah, rah. But when you dead and gone, what they gonna, what's going to govern them? Like my mom used to say, I'm the head H-E-N-I-C. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's cute or whatever. <laughs> but cute. like that does not teach my child anything mm. you know now I, and, and again i want to be i'm keep saying this over and over again i'm not saying that i'm not gonna whoop him or i'm not gonna pop him or gather him or you know snatch him up real quick i i do sometimes you know grab him real quick when he tries to like you know when he's playing or if i'm trying to get his attention and he's not he's thinking i'm playing with him and i'm not playing with him mm-hmm. but what i'm saying is that like i I speak directly to him and directly to what I want from him. Right. And when he does something that I don't like, I say, I don't like when you do this because it makes me feel like you are not paying attention to me. And when I tell you to do something, you need to get up and do it. And some people might say, that's too many words for a toddler, but you don't know this toddler. Right. Levi is two going on 22. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have to deal with my child the way I see works for him. When I was just beating him and popping him and stuff, he wasn't it was stunting him. In his development, he wasn't really learning anything. So I had to quickly adjust that. Yeah. I feel like you're answering a lot of questions for a lot of people out here. <laughs> and being a parent, you got to be so quick on your feet to, say, to realize, like, Bloody this does not work for my child. It might work for yours, but it don't work for mine. And mm-hmm. we're speaking to what my child needs, not to what you think works for your child. Right. That's your child. Girl. And mind your business. Step heart. And I want to add in here, just in case you guys didn't know, um, you know, of course, uh, Kirsten is a parent. I am, um, I don't aspire to be a parent. And um, Denise, she mm-hmm. um, aspires to be a parent yeah. possibly in the future. Mm-hmm. So that's where you see where we're coming from. Um, Good context. Mm-hmm. And then, so Denise, do you have anything to add? What's your ultimate goal uh, for the future if, for your possible parenting your future child? That Possibly. is so deep. Like, I'm kind of scared to answer. Oh. <laughs> but I don't know. And I guess, like like you said, that's something I, I really probably should talk to Michael about. Because, of course, we do want a child. And I definitely want to raise, like, a God-fearing, like like you said, loving, compassionate, humble, just a good, like, person. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to raise somebody that's just good mm-hmm. to to the world, to themselves, to, you know, just 
to like with everything but that's so like you just i don't know it's so interesting i was talking to somebody about this it's Mm -hmm. like you can raise three children in Mm -hmm. a household and they can be so different yeah and one thing that works for one child can may not work for the other and so it's so interesting that maybe your goals are changing Mm. as you grow as a parent as you continue to have children so it's just it's something i probably just need to sit on a little bit more but i think like kirsten said you just want to raise a a a good person like just good person who treats people well and treats themselves well and they just they respect you and they respect others and they respect themselves and so um but i like how you like mentioned that you know sometimes as you're rearing your children you realize like this does not work anymore Mm -hmm. i need to take a i need to change i need to figure it out and so that's something that i think that i would definitely take into parenting is like like really being intentional about what i do with my child and seeing how this affects them and so if what i'm doing doesn't help to the goal that i have for them Mm -hmm. right being able to just reverse and really take a step back and me and my husband be able to see that and really pay attention to what we're doing with our children yeah. i know that didn't answer the question no that actually did like, answer the I question. Don't, <laughs> I but i, I love this that's a good question to think about like like you guys said before you have your children to talk to whomever that that significant other is that you're planning to parent with. please talk to them y'all somebody <laughs> okay but um my thing was for me basically what kirsten and denise said and then on top of that my intention for my child is to raise them in the places that I was weakest mm. that I had to fight to get to mm. they don't have to fight to get to it at least not as hard as I did because it'll come hopefully a little more natural to them because they were raised in it so um you know loving yourself I, I love myself now don't get it wrong but growing up um um security um knowing their self-worth all that good stuff yeah. you know so yeah, yeah. that's that's mm. my intention I've thought about that often, mm. too, just how different raising boys and girls are and mm-hmm. how you be strong in some ways and <clears throat> more, you know, I don't know, docile and understanding in other ways. It, like, mm. one thing Levi's caregiver used to say is, you know, like, he'll be okay. Like, you're raising a man. You're raising a man because I would coddle Levi. You, you all know from my previous um, episode that you know like had a really traumatic birth and that caused me to have a very anxious attachment with my child at first before Mm -hmm. I was able to go through therapy and get help from postpartum and all that stuff like that but like in the in the forefront of my mind is that I'm raising a child of God and then second to that is that I'm raising a man Mm -hmm. you know so when I'm coddling him like even you know like an hour or so ago when his daddy was getting on to him i was like you know why are you hollering at him in front of all these people like it's my baby you know yeah he was so embarrassed Mm. and but that was like a key you know anyways that was like a key moment when stuff like that happens is like you're raising a man and he's going to need to experience some type of uncomfortability in order to be tough enough to stand Mm -hmm. like and I'm That's not with it. toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. I'm not with the whole don't cry. I'm not with the whole boys don't cry and uh, you I'm gotta be you a man. That. Yeah, I'm not with that. Yeah. I'm not with that at all, actually. In fact, I swing the opposite. And I'm so thankful for my husband because he's not like that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I, one thing I witness in the line of work that I do in education, I've said this before, these black mamas with these black boys, 
they will coddle them. My baby would never June bug just ain't like <laughs> ma'am. Bessie, you don't know what June bug is like. Because he actually did. Yes, because oh, he because on the camera. And it I, exactly. That he you. did. Girl, Thank you. But he did. And I fight every I be fighting for my life not to be like them little those black mamas with them black boys. And I get it. I get it, right? I get where it comes from. Yeah. Because nobody, the world is not on the side of a little black boy, as we see every day. The the world does not love the little black boy. This world does. Especially doesn't. not after they added a cute face. Exactly. So so when it becomes a threat. So as a mama, as the mama bear, I'm going to protect them to the, day, to the day I die with everything I got. Mm-hmm. Right? But sometimes I don't need to protect him from everything. Like sometimes he needs to feel the hurt or embarrassment, shame of making a bad decision so that he doesn't make a more detrimental one. Mm-hmm. And that's what I see in my line of work. Like we saving them, saving them, saving them. And then your child is growing up with no accountability. And then they're wreaking havoc on not only their future, but somebody else's life. And that's what I mean partially by raising a man that somebody ain't got to heal from. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if, whether it be a friend, girlfriend, wife, uh, teammate, you know, crew member. I, I just I just think that it's important to have balance. Well, put Kirsten. Okay, so that, man, we getting into the juiciness. I like this. Yes. <laughs> into the thick of it. Yes. <laughs> All right, but I don't want to hold you, though. Yes, okay. yes. Don't hold them, Jamie. Don't hold them, girl. Oh, yeah. I, I like doing that. Y'all like using that. I was just talking to I love using, this. like, old people words, like, yeah. old people slang. Like, my friend, my friend posted her kids, like, orchestra concert, and I was like, and I know they don't normally use it for this, but I was like, ain't nobody told me nothing. <laughs> I love using that. Yeah, man. All right, so. What happens if the goal for your child is not the same as what he or she wants for themselves? Mm. And how does that affect the dynamic between you and your child? And how do you maintain a copacetic dynamic? My Lord. Oh, Jamie, why are you asking such a good question? Because I got to. I don't know, Jamie. The answer is I don't mm. know. You know, here's the thing. But no. Go ahead. I'm just going to say, like, at what age, add on to this, though, what age can they determine if our goals are not in alignment? Like, what, when do we allow that? Because that's something mm-hmm. that we go back to our childhood. Our parents, like, oh, no, this is what you love. I know. Especially in different cultures. Like, yeah. some cultures don't have no say-so what. Ever whatsoever, right. you got these this three careers. Yes. If you ain't that, yes. you shun. Yes. You block. Yes. Yeah. And I'm gonna call it what it is. I went to school with a. Um, actually, she's a really good friend of mine to this day. Um, and she's she's um, African, and she was she's an artist. Actually, I think she's the next Picasso. I mean, her work is just out of this world, literally, literally out of this world. Mm-hmm. Anyways, her dad was like, "Yeah, you're gonna be a doctor," and she's a doctor, mm-hmm. but. You know, she didn't get to pursue that goal and that dream, you know, and I always wonder, like, how that affected their relationship. But again, like you said, it's more of a cultural, it was, it was, for them, it was a cultural thing. Um, You know, I get your, your first part of your question, what happens if the goal for your child is not the same as what he or she wants for themselves? Here's how I view it, and I don't know if it'll, it'll change later, but I'm going to walk you through, like, my thought process. So... I can want everything for Levi and more from this in this world mm-hmm. and from this world. Mm-hmm. But if I don't, if Levi doesn't want it, it means nothing. Hmm. Levi's life is not mine to govern. It's God's. Mm-hmm. Right. So like I, my goal, my job as Levi's parent is to provide for him. I don't give a care what nobody says. 
Oh, now you can't for his wedding. You you got to <laughs> come on, come on. You know I'm playing, but but you know some people like that. If I'm paying for that wedding, then if I'm paying for that house, then I got to decorate it. Or I school. get to the wedding. Use the vows. You gonna say because I'm paying for that, girl. But anyway, I'm sorry to cut you mm-hmm. off. Go no, ahead, go ahead. no. And or you school, know what? Yeah. And I'm so thankful that my parents weren't like that. Yeah. My parents were so like, you know, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And 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 my dumb home, and I was like, I just want to make it done. <laughs> you know, like I wasn't. You know, my parents were so inclusive, and so, but I do know so many parents that lord their money over their child's mm-hmm. head mm-hmm. and i can't handle that mm-hmm. like i you know i that i don't want to go off on a tangent but you know my if let's say i saved up 50 grand for levi to go to college mm-hmm. right if levi wants to go to college and get us get a degree in art studies once i pay levi's tuition that's up to levi i don't get to dictate levi's life for him mm-hmm. i i like, I don't own Levi. Like, mm. he's my child, not my property. And I I understand the thought process behind wanting more and seeing your child's true potential and mm-hmm. wanting the best for them and investing so much into them. But that's why I don't sacrifice anything for Levi that I would regret sacrificing. Because mm. I don't want to be bitter about sacrificing it later on hmm. and then you holding it over him right like it's like he asked me to i can't even go down that road without that but, was a past episode mm, y'all that but. was a past episode <laughs> i remember that one. that was a good one that was too. a good one but yeah. i go back and listen to it but like i decided to have levi and when i decided for leave to have levi wait who decided to have levi, I, levi or no you no did? kirsten Levi. oh okay Jacobs decided okay. to have levi right. and when i decided to have have levi right like mm-hmm. i decided to get off of birth control mm-hmm. i mean with my with my husband like we talked about it we made a decision but when a, as a woman i decided to breed that child carry that child birth that child mm-hmm. i decided that i was going to be his mother Levi didn't decide that. Mm. So when we talk about like my goal for Levi, my views for him and all that stuff like that, I can raise you to be this type of man, but the choice is ultimately yours. Mm -hmm. I cannot control you. Even if you're lending money or helping him out with money, no. it's not in your it's not in your jurisdiction to make make him choose this um degree. Yes, because stuff. if I'm not gonna be okay with Levi choosing something or if I, if I want to be in control of Levi's decision, then I don't need to give that money. Because mm. mm. I'm, I'm giving, yeah. I'm giving, I'm going to hit you with the words. Hit that's me what, with that's it, what they like to lean on. <laughs> I'm giving grudgingly yeah. and of necessity. And oh. I'm not being a cheerful giver. And so I, I think about that often, like, and mm-hmm. some, and sometimes people were like, oh, well, you know, it's selfish not to give it to your child. No, because it's better for you to be selfish and not give it than for you to give it and hang it over the head. Right. Yes, that's, that's true. I agree with that. I and, agree. And so I think deeply on that often, you know, when I think about my goals for my child and what I want him to be. And I think that that affects our the dynamics of our relationship mm-hmm. because it makes me his number one cheerleader regardless. Mm-hmm. He, know, he knows that even if you make a decision that I don't necessarily agree with, mm-hmm. that I'm still going to love you and you're still, I'm not going to abandon you emotionally right because you did something that i might not agree with because you want to be an artist but you're smart as a whip and you could be an engineer now here's the other side of that right <laughs> if i say 50 grand for levi to go to school mm-hmm. and you go be an art engineer and when you got 10 grand left in the bank you decide you want to be a architect go be great 
but the fifty grand is gone. Right, you made a decision, and right. now you have to live with a, whatever decision. Exactly, you've made. because I also think as parents, it's important for us to teach our children accountability and that consequences have actions. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and I'm not gonna let you fall too far. And I talk about I talk to the best godmom about this all the time. I'm not gonna let you fall too far. I'll be taking notes too, because she is the parenting connoisseur, right? But we actually do disagree on quite a lot. But I still learn a lot from mm-hmm. her, you know. But I, I'm not gonna let you fall too far where you're gonna like damage yourself or other people or your your choices in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to allow you to learn some lessons because mm-hmm. me just telling you, telling you, think about how much your parents told you growing up, how much of it stuck and think about what actually did stick. Right. Mm-hmm. What really did stick was the things you experienced from ex- what you experienced from experience. Right. right? Or what you learned right. from experience. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, that that's what that's how it affects my dynamics as my with my child. And that, yes, I'm going to push you. And sometimes I will make authoritative decisions. Like, you might be able to choose if you want chicken tenders or a burger mm-hmm. for dinner. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, like, no, you don't get to drop out of school at 16. That kind of goes back to your idea of, like, what, at what age. Yeah. And in mm-hmm. this regard, this may seem old school. But at this, for me, at the age of 18, you start making your own decisions. Mm-hmm. At the age of 15, they become a conversation. Right. 14, mm-hmm. 15. Now, this also depends on the child. Because me and Levi had conversations at 2 and 3 about certain things. Levi's cool. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. Now, we, now, you don't get to make... As a, my three-year-old ain't making decisions on going to school or not going... <laughs> you get what I'm saying, though? Right. But I'm training you're asking him, him certain things to see, like, okay, how do yes. you feel about yes. this? And, and training, that's important. I'm training him to make decisions. Mm-hmm. And that he and has a voice. So exactly. Important. Because so I because the household I grew up in was very authoritarian. Great household, well-provided for awesome people but i when i remember awesome people <laughs> i love them i love them but when i got i remember being dropped off at college right yeah. and i remember watching their little armada drive down the little kennesaw uh driveway thing or whatever girl i'm gonna tell my mommy you said it. <laughs> I remember watching him drive and just feeling this sense of dread. Like, now what do I do? Mm. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And having to make decisions for yourself. Small and, decisions. Yes, and I my, understand that. And my I feel like that affects me to this day. Like, being able to say, like, this is what I'm doing. No, no, like, n- nothing. I'm not thinking about it. This is what I'm going to do. I, like, I know that authoritarian household like it's growing up you know it just as a church you know yes it's a lot we're not gonna go i ain't gonna go into that but i need coming back for another podcast and i I think i started to realize that as an adult like getting a little older i i saw something on facebook it was like it was a it was like tweets or whatever and it um you know how they compile like these tweets into pictures whatever on facebook and it was pretty much just like growing up like, how was it for you now growing up in a household like that? Yeah. And one of the things was making decisions. It's so hard because you're so used to someone saying, this is how it is. Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. So now when you have the ability to make your own decisions, it's a little bit more difficult for you because you're like, I have to make this decision. Yeah. I don't have someone to say, this is what you're going to do. And I find myself sometimes saying like, like my, my husband, whatever. Michael, what do I do? Make this decision for me because I can't do it myself. I can't make it myself. Yes. Ooh. Like, it's too many. It's too much. It's too yes. much. Yes. Like, like literally getting, like, nervous and anxious about it. Yes. It's yes. like, we'll hear it's a real thing. Yes. Because I feel, I feel that way sometimes. Yeah, it's too. crazy. You don't realize how that kind of stuff affects you. And not to say my parents were bad. Like, mm. they made great decisions. No. I love my parents to death. You came up pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I feel like I'm a decent person. Yes, you are. Overall. Person. More oh, than you, you know, I got some issues. Who makes great, <laughs> <who> makes great <laughs> cardiness. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but 
that is something that is real. Yes. Like it's hard to make decisions, and you want to be able to give your child the ability to do that on their own. So when they're when you drop them off, and they driving down the Kennesaw driveway, girl, they're not dreading having to make their own decisions, girl. You know what I mean? Yes, because mm-hmm. it's it's hard. Because after they drove off, I wonder if my my college best friend think we're like remembers it. Like my roommate, she's like, "Hey, we're going to the comedy. Do you want to come?" And I was like, Ooh. "Uh, uh," and I literally had to be like, "Kirsten, are you hungry? Like, could you eat right now mm-hmm. at six o'clock?" Like, but even I remember her looking at me like, "What is wrong with this girl?" <laughs> you know? But it's so real, mm. yeah, so real, so real. Um, you know, and thinking about that dynamic with my child and maintaining that copacetic dynamic, you know, I don't believe that the dynamic between parent and child will always be copacetic. I think that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, there are going to be some times where I'm going to have to make decisions that are in the best, best interest because he's only been on this earth eight years or 10 years or 15 years or 16 years. And he doesn't have enough life experience to make that decision. But what I hope that he I hope what I hope we can get to is by now, since you're not growing up in an authoritarian house where your feelings, ideas and thoughts were not heard, that you know that mommy has your best interest at heart and that. I have considered many things, including your th- your thoughts and ideas, mm-hmm. but this decision really is the best, mm. you know, and that you will, and, and maybe you won't, and maybe he won't, right? But that's my goal. If we're talking goals, like, that's my goal, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so we're saying, like, the age, I don't think there's an, a specific age on when kids get to make their own decisions, like, outright, because um, that depends on the kid. But I want my kid, I talk to Levi now about decision-making because I want him to have the skills. Yeah. And the way to think critically. The critical thinking is lost on this generation, y'all. Like, I agree. these kids growing up, like, they're like, hey, I left my project at home. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, um, like, figure it out. Like, I don't know. There are a million and five things you could do. You could email it. You could have your mom break. I mean, we could go through lists. But I'm just saying, like, teaching him to think critically through life. So that, excuse me, one day when I'm not here and I'm dead and gone and it's just him. He knows how to think for himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's you know it's just the same thing. We got to model what we want them to do and be and see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right. So, have you ever have y'all ever heard like in conversation with people or maybe overheard a conversation where a parent is saying, "Well, I did the best I could when." When they're confronted with like a flaw or, you know, maybe something that they did when they were bringing their children up or, you know, something from the past. Have you ever heard that? Mm-hmm. I have, actually. Why do you think that it is so hard? That's such a common phrase that we hear. Why do you think it's so hard for parents to admit that they're not perfect? And then secondary to that, like, how do you think that that affects the dynamic between parent and child? I think it goes back to what we were talking about, uh, mirroring the behavior that they were shown. The Like now, back then it was way more rigid than it is now. So their parents were, and that whole time was even more rigid. Like it got a little, I guess, um, uh, the, the reins were let loose a little bit more in their generation than more in our generation. And now we're in our kids, you know, Levi's generation, all that stuff. But... I mean, mirroring and then not being held accountable, uh, being ashamed and demons in the closet that you don't want to admit to. And sometimes people like I've had my parent tell me I have been jealous of you before. And then and then I had to think, OK, we're humans, too. We're not um, perfect. So, yeah, it's not 
I don't think it's too terrible that a parent may be jealous of a child. But after years and stuff of that, you know, showing over time, and then you see the bad intention. But um, yeah, yeah, I've had it said to me, I don't know what I did or what where I went wrong. Oh, I hated that. I don't know where I went wrong, but oh, I apologize for whatever I did. That ain't no doggone apology. The freak, like I just popped out and you were the perfect parent. And I, I just turned left. Like, that's what we going to do? <laughs> yeah, okay, Jamie, then. you're the problem, Jamie. Like, look, look, okay. And then, you know, some some, uh, some of the uh, friends and family, like, agree and only want to step to me, like, on, you know, I'm like, okay, whatever, man. I really don't have much energy to fight it anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I, I talk about it on the podcast because it's nice to talk about what I've been through and stuff, but I just don't have the energy, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, my energy is if I do have a child or children I do come into contact with that um, I don't raise a child that needs to be healed from me, or if I come into contact mm. with children, if they are healing from their parents, I make it an easier transition. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my work, because I can't fight with um with Lola or Ulysses no more. Mm-hmm. I can't. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. What about y'all? <laughs> yes, Denise. <laughs> when you just said i don't want to raise a child that has to heal from me <sighs> that literally just sent through my mm-hmm. sent chills through my body because you don't really think about that mm-hmm. and and i will say like i I don't nec- I don't necessarily feel that way about my parents mm-hmm. there are choices that I think that they made that I wish they hadn't mm-hmm but I, I, and there's certain choices that they made that I wish that they hadn't that I have to heal from, mm-hmm. but not necessarily them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, like, I think that my parents did a great job in raising me, but there are certain decisions that they made for me that I think that has negatively impacted me now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get you. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so, and I think, like, as an adult, and, like, even for my, so I have a, so I have, um, Four siblings. My brother, he's he's like ten years older than me. He Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily grow up in our household, but I have three younger sisters. And my youngest sister, she's seventeen, and so I see the way that my parents parent her, Mm -hmm. and I see the child that she's becoming. And she's an amazing child, Mm -hmm. like beautiful person. She's smart, Mm -hmm. gifted in so many ways, Mm -hmm. has so many talents, Mm -hmm. and they have been. But but she's still very God fearing, Mm -hmm. right? Right. But. Their parenting style with her was so not as like whoo, so more less t- loose or yeah, loose. girl, a little bit more, like lax, girl, like, yeah, lax. yeah, okay. not as like you can't do this, you can't do girl. this, girl. And we, this is a running joke in our family, but like <laughs> me and my sister would say, they would never, would never, would never, Woo! but they raised such an amazing child, so it goes to show you like you don't have to beat your children down for them to be good people. Mm-hmm. You can raise a perfectly good child and still allow them to make choices Ooh. and be able to do certain things and have certain freedoms Again. that necessarily you, you know, like, they didn't give us, right? For the people in the back. For the people in the back. So, it, that's why when you said that, I was just like, wow, like, it's some like it's really something I, I really need to sit in. And, and that's, like, that's a true, important statement. I don't want to raise a child that ha- feels like they have to heal from me. Mm-hmm. And so, but at the same time, I do believe that parents truly feel like this is the best I could do. Mm-hmm. You know, every parent feels that way? 
I don't, I'm not saying every parent feels that way, but I do feel like parent, like as a general thing, this is the best I could do because really that might have been like, I think we said this a little earlier. This is the tools that they had mm-hmm. when they were raising you. And they're working with what they got. And they're working with what they got. Mm-hmm. But now clearly they tools have evolved and changed. <laughs> Girl. They have my sister now different. She has a different childhood than I had. Mm-hmm. Clearly my childhood was it, it must have, like, I'm a, I'm a decent person, but we have totally different childhoods, and we're both really good people. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. So, for me, that was the best they could do, but now, clearly, they do. They can do better. They can do better. I feel like, uh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no go ahead. No, 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 you're fine. Okay. No, um, go ahead. I, I was about to say, in my eyes, unfortunately, not just talking about your parents, but mm-hmm. I've heard a story before, because I'm the youngest out of. It's uh, five of us. Mm. So um, they told me the same thing. My uh, siblings, they were like, well, especially my sisters, we grew up together. They were like, yeah, you were raised differently. I, well, yeah, you know, exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like parents, their intention isn't there. It's just laziness because they got older. Mm-hmm. And I'm not about to whoop you as much because okay. I'm older. And I'm not about to be as rigid because I'm older. I don't got time to be like that. Like... That's because I, I feel like that way me and my god sister had a joke, too, about her younger sister. Like, I remember me and my god sister got whooped by her mama. Sometimes we did deserve it. We did. Mm-hmm. And then when her younger sister was growing up, we were like, man, she doesn't get it as much as we do. Her mom was still on her behind, but she let some stuff slide that didn't let us slide. And then my sisters were like, well, Jamie, you know, mama let some stuff slide more. And they were like, it's age. That's what I've heard in general. It's mm-hmm. age, you know? So that's what I think. I don't think, most of the time, I don't think it's as intentional. But I feel like that is a pattern. Mm-hmm. The older, your first couple of kids is on their behinds. The last couple of kids, or the youngest one, is more relaxed. Mm-hmm. That's what I've come from my experience and stories I've heard, though. That seems like it. That tracks because parenting is, is is exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's a second and third job, you know. Like you have to. Right. I always joke with my friends, like you know, when I go home, all right, when I'm driving up, you know, because I never come in the house on the phone, you know, because I want to. I don't want to bring the outside into my inside. Yeah, I'm gonna be saying that. <laughs> but I always say like, all right, now I gotta go be a mom and a wife, you know, like I take my teacher hat off, my you know, to put on my mom hat. And parenting is exhausting, you know. And it's the same in my family, you know, like my brother's the youngest, and it. To- totally different. Mm-hmm. I mean, to- but you know, my mom would argue well, we were totally different kids, um, whatever that mm. means. But, um, <laughs> sorry, but anyway, so you know, I I, I want to offer a um a, a a challenging thought here, right? So it is possible that you did the best you can, mm-hmm. but it wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Or that you did the best you can, mm-hmm. but you missed the mark in some areas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or that you did the best you can, but there were some T's that didn't get crossed and I's that didn't get dotted. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. But that, you, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say like, but that's going to happen. Definitely. I think regardless of how many parenting classes you took, how many parenting books you read, you will not cross every so t yeah. dot every i yeah but being able to acknowledge that and say i'm oh sorry i think you might have been getting to that point no, sorry. Sure. no i'm with it I, yeah, I, I, I that's agree. exactly where i'm going with that. mm-hmm. that's where i'm going with that like 
I have see my mindset is totally different. Mm. I have it in my mind that I'm gonna do the darn best I can with every fiber in my being, but I'm still gonna probably mess it up. Mm-hmm. And that Levi's gonna may come to me twenty years later and like mom. You never let me do this and eat candy before bed. I don't know. You never let me eat candy before bed. And it made me feel like I was living in a prison. And uh, and it made me um, have this issue. And I'm going to be like, you know what? First, I'm going to start with an apology. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That was not my intent. Now, let's go to counseling to fix it. What about whose parents it was their intent? <sighs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I haven't experienced... My parents were not maliciously mm. out to get me, so I can't... My mother did everything she could within her power, her being, and her essence. That was the best she could do, mm. dog. Like, my dad, too. Like, they did... My mother gave up her entire career for us. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I can't imagine... And my dad traveled a lot for work, to provide for our family. I can't imagine raising two knucklehead kids by yourself, but married, though. Like... What I mean by that is that my daddy would travel so much that throughout the week, mm-hmm. it was just my mom there. She was parenting. And like my dad was there. He was like, my daddy was very present, you know, still is very present or whatever. But the baseball games, the softball games, the tutoring, the homework, all that was by herself. Yeah. I can't imagine. I can't imagine because my husband's such a active dad and he's so and his job allows him to come home Mm -hmm. my daddy had to work his butt off from the ground up of his company to provide a wonderful life for us and he did not have the luxury of being home Mm -hmm. every single night to do supper and to do homework anyway so what i'm getting into is that you know you can do the best you can but there's nothing wrong with admitting that it wasn't perfect and that you could have missed the mark somewhere. Right. But I think that getting back to the question why it's hard for people to admit that they're not perfect in parenting is because of how much you sacrifice as a parent. Mm-hmm. Like, I mm. think in the background, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like, That's, ain't yeah. no way I gave all this up and you still complaining about mm. the way I raised you. But that, that goes back to my founding principle of parenting. Do not sacrifice something you are not willing to see go. Yeah. Because it ain't the kid's fault. No, mm. it's not. When you choose what? to, to uh-huh. sacrifice right. it. Right. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah. And I, so I think that they think that that sacrifice is like a cure-all, like the blood of Jesus. It just covers a multitude the blood of, Jesus. of sins. <laughs> they think that that sacrifice... Mm. And you know what? My baby's only two, so I've had to sacrifice a lot, but not 20 years worth of sacrifices. Right. It's, gonna, it's I've had more to, coming. Right. I've had to cancel a few trips because he got sick. I've had to take off of work. I've had to lose some money. I've had to sacrifice some time, some peace, some sleep. You know, I've, you know mm. Yeah, I, amongst other unmentionable things. But my point is, you know, I think that they think that that sacrifice is a cure-all. And that sacrifice is obligatory when it comes to parenting. And nobody owes you anything for sacrificing it because you decided to do it. And you can have decisions to make decisions to what you will major in in college and you know, have decisions about your wedding and whatnot. Yeah. Of those sacrifices. And I think also, too, unresolved trauma breeds trauma. So if mm. I have, have not grown up in a space where accepting responsibility for my actions is wrong or accepting that I might not intend to harm people, but I did harm someone and I need to own the fact that I harmed the person even if I didn't mean to, that traumatic response of not taking responsibility for your harm done breeds trauma and so that's something that we have to be just be cognizant of you know that inability to say sorry you know when we harm people that 
<laughs> it goes all the way back to that. And and what it does for the dynamic between parent and child, it murders it. It severs Girl. it. Abolishes it. It, 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 it destroys it. <laughs> Got your hands up, Denise. Go on, Denise. Go on, Denise. No, because I see that in people. Like, I know kind of what kind of household they grew up in mm-hmm. and how difficult it is for them to kind of take accountability for their part in the situation mm-hmm. and not be able to say, like, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry about that. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing because they don't see their parents do that. And so, and they don't learn that they don't, they don't learn those tools. They don't have the ability. They haven't seen someone mm-hmm. take accountability for their actions mm-hmm. and say, I'm sorry. And how much that affects the other relationships that you're in, because not only in parenting, but in friendships, in marriage, in, in, in sibling relationships, work relationships, anything you will probably have to say you're sorry mm-hmm. more than one time. Mm-hmm. And some people do not know how to do that. And it stems from, yep. it's crazy how it's just, a, it's a cycle. Mm-hmm. Like not seeing your parents say like, I'm sorry, maybe to each other, to right. to their, to their spouse right. or not having your siblings say each other, sorry to each other, or your parents say sorry to you, or you say sorry to your parents. You see it in other relationships in your life and people you, you, Especially when you know how they kind of grew up. You see where they, like, their surroundings. And knowing that they just don't know how to do it. It's really just because they haven't seen it. Right. Comes from from a person's upbringing and stuff. It has to do with how they were brought up. It all plays a part, but... And then when you go to therapy, that's exactly where they start at your childhood. Yeah. At the root. And it helps you heal. And that's what I'm working on now. My therapist is that inner child work. Um, and healing my inner, she, she says healing my inner child so that I can grow into the full, into a full adult, mm. you know? Um, but one thing that I have really, um, joined and aligned myself with one thought process that I've aligned myself with is just the power and apology. And I can't remember if we've already covered this or not, but just like, I don't have to hold on to my apologies in a little pocket and reserve them for special occasions yeah like i i can give an apology freely because i live in a human in a zone of humility so like and i'm not any less of a woman for saying i'm sorry you know it doesn't cost me anything to apologize so let's say you stepped on my toe i stepped on your toe and you come to me you're like jimmy you're like kirsten you stepped on my toe i'm not gonna be like well i didn't mean to step on your toe Because it don't matter. The bottom line is I stepped on your toe. Mm-hmm. It don't cost me nothing to apologize to you. The harm has been done. Mm-hmm. We see that I've stepped on your toe. Mm-hmm. I need to apologize for that. It doesn't make me less of a woman for apologizing. In fact, it makes me more. I've lost so much respect for people who cannot apologize when they do harm. Because it shows me how... I don't, I don't know the proper word, but just how much hum- humility you truly lack. Mm-hmm. Like, you think that you are that perfect. That you don't have to apologize? When I told you that, even if you don't understand why I feel the way I feel, I told you that I do feel this way. Right, because mm-hmm. you, I, you might not have made me, you might not have intended to make me feel this way, but the reality is you did. You know, so if Levi's like, Mom, you made me feel like this, da, 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 that, I'm so sorry, that was not my intention. You know, I, I apologize. You know, And then we can talk from there. Mm-hmm. But I first got to acknowledge what you said first. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think parents, I think... In humility and like being able to admit fault and take ownership of your fault because I'm not a parent yet but in my marriage that's probably where I've had to really reckon with that mm-hmm. and being able to make sure that I'm accountable for what I've done to harm my husband mm-hmm. 
and hoping that he can do the same and being able to say I'm sorry yeah. to to my husband and bringing that into like when you become a parent like being able to say like you know if you I don't want to say act out in front of your children but you know do think I don't necessarily it's bad necessarily feel like it's bad for your child to see you the parents get into disagreement mm-hmm. because I think it's, it teaches the child how to handle disagreement I agree and to talk through concerns I'm not saying, like, big kind of issues, but, you know, certain things. Like, I think it's important for your child to see you work through that with mm-hmm. your spouse, mm-hmm. you know? Not to just go into a room and talk it out, and then mm-hmm. y'all just come out happy and help, you know, like, like nothing yeah. happened. Mm-hmm. Right. See the process. Right. But I think it's important. Marriage. Okay. Go ahead. I Marriage get... is about of humility. Girl. You got to humble, humble, humble. And that's a whole nother episode, girl. <laughs> and say you're sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, oh sorry, sorry. Ears. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And then accept, like, accept, accept. Yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's, and I think that's part of your child learning to like accept accountability and seeing someone say like, I'm sorry for hurting you this way. Like yeah. that was never my intention and moving forward. Mm-hmm. To, yeah. to, to do better and not repeat the, the mm-hmm. offense even though it wasn't intentional. And I think a lot of me teaching Levi to say I'm sorry and me apologizing to Levi is me hoping that in some ways I'm combating that male ego in some ways. Like, mm. because he's a male, he's got to have an ego. You know, like, and not only that, he's a Scorpio and very strong-willed with two very strong-willed parents. You know, my prayer is that I'm combating what I know you're all, is already in you, mm. right? You know, and and I pray that, like I said, because not apologizing can cause harm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I saw this thing on Facebook and it was like, you know, I've learned to move past the some apologies that I'll never get, wow. you know, and heal from apologies I'm, I'll never get. I've seen them, mm-hmm. you know, um, and just like a year ago, I got an apology from someone who had witnessed harm being done to me. Hmm. The person who did the harm would not acknowledge that they did the harm, would not apologize uh-huh. to me or anything. But the person, another person involved in the like who another person who saw it happen apologized to me and I didn't know I needed that apology. Mm. I didn't even need the apology. I needed somebody to acknowledge. Yeah. Yeah. That the harm was done. Right. That the harm was done. And I'm not crazy and I'm not dumb and I'm not stupid and I know that the harm was done. And because you are not adult enough to admit that the harm was done doesn't mean that the harm was not done. And when the other person acknowledged it felt the weight I cried and I felt the weight just lift off of my shoulders like and that's what I want my child to understand about apologizing and listening to people Mm -hmm. being humble and so that's kind of what it goes back to for me Mm yeah you know yeah All right, guys, so we have been talking about the dynamic between mother and child, parent and child, um, all throughout this episode. So as we move into the tail end of our episode, I want us to reflect on how do we think, how do you all think that the dynamic between you and your mom have affected you or has affected you? as a person or help shape you into the woman you are today? Mm. Mm. Great question, Kirsten. 
I'm looking at Denise trying to see who's going to talk first. You want to do rock, paper, scissors? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm not good at rock, paper, scissors. Okay, I'm probably true. So I'll just go ahead and go. Okay, Denise, go, go ahead and go. go. Okay. So I will say that I'm, I, I feel like me and my mom are pretty close. Yeah. And I think, like, even my sisters say that, too. So, like, mm-hmm. I, people see that me and my mom are very close. Like, we talk multiple times during the week, and I probably call her almost once a day. Yeah. But I'm tr- I, slowly as I'm growing up, I try to call her less and less and less. Mm-hmm. But I will say that we talk very often mm-hmm. throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Like, I love talking to my mom. Like, we kiki on the phone and stuff. But as I'm growing up, I should be grown by now. But, I, you know, you're always growing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being a married woman and stuff. And, you know, creating your own household. Yes. And I think one defining moment... We have very, like, several defining moments. But I think one defining moment for me and my mom was before me and Michael got married, we moved into an, we didn't move into an apartment together, but we moved, I moved into the apartment, and this was, like, right before our wedding. So we, like, moved in, like, the beginning of February into an apartment. Mm -hmm. He came and moved his stuff in, and my parents came and helped us move into this apartment. He went back to Miami to continue to work before we got married. Mm -hmm. And so after we got married, that's when he moved up into the apartment with me but my parents came to help and the first rule i had was everybody take off your shoes before you enter my house mm-hmm. okay so i had carpet okay right. makes sense right had a little sh- shoe rack right on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i remember that shoe rack so i told my mom i said mom can you take off your shoes and my mom had a little thing about it Ooh. and so my dad said this is her house take off right. your shoes and your mom was like well i cared you for nine months i can't have shoes mm-hmm. on in your house I'm and so she she was like like kind of like okay, <laughs> she took off her shoes, but I think that was the, that Had was like one of those tube. moments where it's like, this is this, a grown woman. Yeah, this is my house. I right. get to make the decisions in my house, mm-hmm. right? Ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun. Right. right. <laughs> so it, it, I think for her, it was like, like okay, she's telling me like it's a different, it's a flip because this is my home, and mm-hmm. I get to di- dictate what happens in my home. Yeah. And I will say overall, my mom doesn't try to like get into me and Michael's marriage or sure. try to like you know meddle and stuff nice. in that way. But I do think like I think overall in our family boundaries are not as existent mm-hmm. because we are very very close. Mm-hmm. We talk all the time, like mm-hmm. as a whole, as a collective unit. Yeah. And so for me with my mom, I find myself I want to have boundaries. Like, I want to, like, when she asks me something, I don't necessarily always want to have to go into it with her. Mm-hmm. But when I want to know something, I got all the questions. Yes. And I got all these things I want to ask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I ask you a question, I expect an answer. <laughs> you know? Yes. I'm the mama. <laughs> but then it's like, for her, it's like, well, okay, now when I come ask you a question, mm-hmm. you got to let a little toot about it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that, it's that war, like, it's a war almost for me because I'm trying to establish a boundary of sorts. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, like, I still want that, like, you know, that kind of open. very open relationship with my mother. Yeah. But when you have a relationship like that, it should be two-sided, right? Like, you don't want to feel like I'm giving you all this information, but you can't talk to me. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. So that's something that I think that I'm working on, and I'm sure as I get into therapy, that will kind of that will kind of play itself out, and I'll figure out how I have to maneuver in that. Mm-hmm. But I do also find myself, like, trying to learn how to, like, not go to her to make decisions. Oh, girl, preach on that. Because, you know, I talked about this a little bit earlier, but growing in my household, 
like I'm used to kind of decisions kind of being made for me and even if they don't like speak it made for me I already know in my back of my mind like okay this is the decision that they want me right, to make right so I make that decision because I know that's what's going to keep my that copacetic dynamic between my parents yeah I want to make sure I facilitate that mm-hmm. I want them to feel respected I want them, them to feel like I honored them. honor them and I've made decisions that they are okay with right and so I'm working on like not having to seek validation from my parents and my mom yeah. when I make decisions and being truly okay with that. Mm-hmm. And I really, like, respect my sisters because I feel like they're good at, like, this is the decision I'm going to make and I'm going to be okay. I don't necessarily need your approval for that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to do that. And I don't know if it's, an old, like, the oldest child thing, too. Mm-hmm. It could be something like that. Yeah. But, like, just working on, like, this is a decision I'm making. I'm star- Me and my husband are okay with that. Mm-hmm. We've made it. I don't... I'm gonna. I can let you know, mm-hmm. but this is. I don't need your thoughts or opinions on it. This is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. And like being like, truly being okay with that. Like yeah. sitting in that and being okay. Like I don't necessarily need my parents' approval anymore. I'm an adult, grown woman, make my own decisions, and they're allowed to give their opinion. But I don't need to take it to heart. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. No, I think that's. I was exactly there. Um, my mom, I, w- I would call my mom about every single thing, every single little thing, every single little thing, everything. Like, like, I couldn't even make a decision without talking to my mom about it. And we were very much into, like, I was 16, but again, I was 16-year-old Kirsten again, not able to make a decision. Like, my mom is the, you know, be all she knows everything, you know. And my mom is very knowledgeable, very, very knowledgeable and very, like, you know, full of wisdom. Mm-hmm. But, but I realized that I, at one point, was making my mother my God. Mm-hmm. Like, I was not even consider consulting God before I consulted my mother. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to be okay. I had to grow in therapy and in maturity and in my faith with mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. with making decisions that I was okay with and that God was okay with. And yes, and that I was okay with, and also being okay when my mom didn't like it, mm-hmm. you know, um, because that came with its own, consequence like you know sometimes you people can disagree with you but they can disagree in a very loud way in a very aggressive way and that can be unpleasant for both parties mm-hmm. and it used to you know rile me up and make me upset and it would be girl i had to therapy yeah the power of therapy mm-hmm. and being okay with i am an adult now mm-hmm. and it took people having to tell me and it took like my cousin having to tell me like you know, I'd be like, I, you know, I just sometimes I just want to call for my mom and just get advice, but I get this, this, and that, and I feel judged. And da, da. She was like, you can't control somebody giving you their opinion on something. If you don't want their opinion, just don't tell them about it. Mm. And then I started realizing, like, why am I, why am I doing this to myself? Like, it's me. I'm not setting a boundary. Mm. I am not mm-hmm. abiding in in adulthood. I'm right. still acting like a child. So I'm getting mad because I'm being treated like a child, but I'm acting like a child too. Right. You know, so I had to really draw that boundary because I was like you and your mom as well. My mother and I are very close. We do have a very good relationship. Um, she's really funny. Um, and I love her to pieces, but I had to take my mother off of that pedestal because it was inappropriate. You know, I was putting her at this godlike pedestal in my eyes. She didn't necessarily ask to be there, but you know, I was holding her up so high and it was, it was detrimental. Mm. To the point where it was detrimental. 
You know what I mean? Um, and I needed to take that space and move and and be in order to be my own woman. There was no way that I could move into my own womanhood without while I was still up under hers, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. You know? That makes sense. Yeah. So I, you know, one thing that I that that, that I know between my mom and I has affected me as a woman, it made me uh hyper strong. So like watching my mom run and gun from school take her from school to to softball to basketball to church to bible study to i mean you know you know when my dad was out of town and she was just running a household by by herself when my dad was out of town and all that stuff like that it just made me like i don't need nobody i got it you know like i am hyper strong i don't want to hear me roar and it was good in some ways and then yes in other ways i had to learn how to be humble and how to you know seek the help of others i'm still working on that and stuff like that but um you know at the at the core of it it affected me as a woman because it made me fearless and it made it taught my mother taught one the one of the greatest lessons my mother taught me is how to teach people how to treat me mm-hmm. my mother did not does not let anybody talk to her any old kind of way treat her any kind of way and to this day i stand on that and if you're in my presence you're not gonna treat me no way you're not gonna talk me no way and that is something that I definitely took from our relationship mm-hmm. um and that's one thing that I'm I'm really 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 thankful for um I'm definitely an alpha woman like her um I'm definitely um but working on ways of being beta too but definitely know what I want go after what I want um helpful you know to others and you know a servant I definitely have a servant's heart but um also seeing my mother hyper sacrifice like sacrifice herself and die on I mean just be so watching my mother pour from an empty cup has taught me you know as I've gotten older to not do that because I see how that wears on her and how that wore on her and how in my eyes you don't it didn't it did not reciprocate what she put in you know like helping people who don't even care or appreciate her you know what I'm saying like sacrificing her time for people who don't want to pay her for her services who want to shortchange her and not appreciate what she does for them you know that has our dynamic and watching her grow up has affected me as a woman of just making sure that I try to but don't always take care of myself so Jamie how about you what was the question again? How do you think the dynamic between you and your mom has affected you as a person? Uh, man. Hearing y'all stories about y'all's parents, the good and the bad, has made me think. Honestly, I'm just trying to maneuver. We were talking about this earlier, Kirsten, a couple of days ago, maybe. How um you have a trauma bond. So no matter what, even if a person is wrong people will still surround that person who's wrong if they've been through similar or the same traumatic Mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. And I was telling you how I feel left out and stuff, even though it's been some wrongdoing in our family and stuff and nobody wants to talk about it or acknowledge it. All they want to say is family's family. You should be talking to your mom or you should be talking to your dad or you should be talking to your elders and stuff. So I don't have anything good to say about my mom or or my my parents in general. Um, I'm just trying to maneuver. (laughs) I'm trying to learn how to still keep a relationship with my family because my family still talks to me but they're also still saying whether it's to me or to somebody in my family about me you still need to talk to your mom you still need to do this you do still need to do that but they're not acknowledging um an older person who did something or my mom who did something so I'm still trying to 
keep a good relationship with them while they're not obviously respecting my boundaries. Because my, <laughs> my granddad hit me up and called me and was like, hey, you know, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, you should talk to your mom. And um that's a whole different story about that i'm still trying to remove maneuver that whole thing because i don't it's a it's a lot of trauma and stuff because my thing is not just my mom it's who hurt her and i'm still paying for that Mm -hmm. and so i'm still trying to learn how to forgive her because i like i tell you i'm not trying to go to hell for other people okay i ain't going to hell for you i'm trying to work on myself right now so my thing is just trying to keep a relationship with my family while still setting up boundaries mm-hmm. because they still see me as a child as well. But still, you know, I still want to be included in stuff. And I don't feel included because a lot of people are not, nobody in my family has held her accountable for anything. Mm. And even if they had, if they have, it's been behind closed doors, which basically they haven't because they hadn't sat us down and said, hey, you did this, you did, or it's been a general apology. And I'm, that's not an apology to me. Is it? Uh, I don't know what I did, but I'm sorry for what I did. That's oh. not an apology. I've heard that plenty of times. So I mean, we'll see. We'll see. My my peace. My peace is is it is royal. Yeah, but I I can't sacrifice my peace anymore to try to mend a relationship with anybody. Um, you know, I do want a relationship. Well, I want a relationship with her if she wants a relationship with me. But if she doesn't, I'm I'm all good. Like I said, because mm-hmm. some of the hardest times in my life have been when I was interacting with my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> so it's, it, yeah, 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 it's, uh, <laughs> it's all, I know I'm going in circles. I'm no, sorry, no, guys. I, I'm no, going in circles. I didn't, mean, I didn't mean to laugh. No, I, I didn't take it personally. I, I wasn't laughing at you. I was laughing because I connect with you on that. It mm-hmm. get, because you get to a certain point after you have found it. And I'm going to say this, like, I'm not even found for me fault like hell, excuse me like fault like nobody's business for your peace mm. it's like i don't care if the pope is out of line <laughs> i'm not fooling with you dog right. like i'm not nobody is going to take this peace from me and i'm not talking about like yes i, I meditated on it and i found peace i'm talking about when you done did the work and you done grew and you done cried and you done fought and you done i mean i you done sacrifice you you have start i mean it, when you have really done the work to fight and for fight for your peace you be real good with cutting people off like you know what i it's cool and let's put it like this I, I know some people might be hearing whatever side you're on or what, however you're thinking. No, nobody's perfect. I'm not. You know, I've disrespected my parents before um, and, and stuff like that since, the, you know, the last time we talked, whenever, how long ago that was. But it's just some stuff you don't do to a human being. And you don't cross certain lines and you don't do certain things, especially to your child. And so, you know, I still I'm still healing from a lot of stuff and I'm still pissed off that I'm healing from a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm still healing from that, trying to keep a relationship with my family, trying to set boundaries, still be around my family while I'm around my mom because no, I have no protection. And, you know, it's just a lot of stuff. So I don't... Let me see. No, she kind of she kind of F'd me up, but I'm working Jamie. through that F'd upness. Jamie. And I'm working through it, no real talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm I'm glad I'm not as bad as I could have been if I let it overcome me. Yeah. I'm so I'm happy that I'm happy in my marriage and I don't have worse problems because I I could have had worse problems. Yeah. 
But that's what's going on with re- me right now. Yeah. So that's about it. Mm. No, I love that. I'll give you an update later on the podcast. Keep listening. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> After more therapy Right, sessions. yeah. No, and I love mm. that you said that, like, you want that relationship. So it's not, it's not like you're, like, I mean, I heard you said, like, you know, done with it. But, like, I love that you haven't, like, wrote it completely off. Like, you still want the relationship. You just want it peaceably. Yeah, yeah peaceably. Like, it's, it used to be hard hearing other people. Like, you guys say, I have these moments with my parents and stuff and that security and stuff because i don't i my dad is a stranger i've been around him and we were around each other but you know like when he would put coats into things to open the car open the door you know we know he would stand in front of it so i didn't see it and i, I was like am i a stranger or whatever there's a lot of stuff i don't know if y'all got that or not but um yeah i want it if they want it but if they don't want it i don't want it Let's and you know it like what that. and how i am is that it's not about even wanting it or not wanting it if you can't, if you want it but you don't want to change your behavior your toxic behavior mm. then I don't want it and and, I, and I'm not saying this so this is not even specific to mothers or fathers or family mm-hmm. this is more so anybody that walks mm-hmm. on two legs if you can't be appropriate and respectful I'm good I think I'm good and I and I thank God for the worst times of my life when I was truly alone and had no one and everyone had fell away from me and I didn't have anyone to really lean on but God mm. in that time yeah. because it showed me that really and truly he's all you got. You know what I'm saying? These people that he allows to come into your life and you lean on, they're temporary. Mm-hmm. And family is good and family is important. I have great family. I love my family. And they're good people and they're awesome people and we love them and all that stuff. And family is everything. But like at the root of it all is God. Is family You know everything? what I mean? Huh? Is family everything? That's a good point. I'm going to say yes because when I say family, I'm including people that... Friends, yeah, my friends are my family. Y'all mm. are my family. You know, I don't really have many friends. I have a lot of family, though. You know, like people that that I've have shown me that they're there to the end. They rocking with me. They're taking care of me. They've, you know, prayed for me, prayed with me, over me, covering. Me. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, I am. I I I do feel like in that regard, family is everything. But I also believe that my scope of family is wider than most. Ooh, yeah, because I, when I was asking that, I was I was thinking of biological. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so <laughs> sorry. I'm you, no, I'm glad you specified. Sorry. Yeah, I think family is everything. But uh, one thing I'm thankful for is growth. Hmm. You know, so like family is everything. And I think the reason why me and my mother's relationship has been able to thrive is because my mother has become very like reflective and mm. in some ways, mm-hmm. you know, she's still herself. She's still my mom. But like. She's, she is reflective. We do talk. I can't share things with her now as an adult. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because of who, how I have changed and how I ha- I present now. But I think that had that not been the case, then we would not have been able to thrive. Yeah, I completely agree. I think for my, for my parents mm-hmm. overall, but I think for my mom. And I, I don't know if it's just the mother nature. Mm-hmm. Just like she has, when I, maybe as, as a child or a young adult... Mm-hmm. she might not have understood when I had an issue with something. Mm-hmm. But now I can come to her and say, these are my issues with a behavior that you had or action that you took, and I did not like it. And this is the reason why. Mm-hmm. And I, this is not me being disrespectful, but I'm letting you know this is a boundary that has been crossed for me. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had to do that with her and my sister one time, and they apologized. Oh, but wow. that's because I'm letting you, like, it wasn't disrespectful. It was saying, like, I didn't, I didn't like this. Mm-hmm. And and as moving forward, this is how I expect to be treated because I treat you this way, mm-hmm. and and I expect the same respect. Yeah, and, and we were able to come together and talk about it, and mm-hmm. I feel like that as 
that's kind of like going back to like a parenthood. That's what I want for my child to yeah. feel like they can come to me and they know that I'm going to hear them mm-hmm. and I'm going to listen to them intently. And I'm going to say, well, okay, you don't want to be treated like that. I'm sorry. How do you want me to treat you? And not be nasty about it. Right. Like, oh, okay. So you don't want me to treat you like that? Okay, right. So don't come to me when you need. Exactly. Ooh, oh, I yeah. cannot then stand just that. that. Just keep that. Girl, keep. Ooh, I know somebody like that. Girl, Lord, me too. And it's the same. <laughs> It is the saddest thing to see grown people act so childish. Like, oh, well, if you, well, since you go, if you're gonna make that decision, I told you not to make that. Don't come to me when you need help. What? That's your kid, dog. You gonna, they said it you gonna leave your, you gonna leave mm-hmm. your kid out in the rain because they made a bad decision that you probably made too. I could never. I, I, I don't think I'm wired like that. I, I, I hope to God I never have to eat those words, but I hope to God I'm never in that position where I treat my child like that. Like, just because he made a bad decision. Now, if he, if, if it's addiction or something, you know, or if, then, you know, yeah, it's definitely. Fun, yeah. But my God, like, I, I just, ooh, triggered. I'm sorry. That that just bothers me so bad. Um, but I'm really thankful that you were able to get an apology and a change of behavior. Because sometimes mm-hmm. when you bring people's issues up or you bring a problem that you have with somebody up, you get explanation for why that behavior was right mm-hmm. and that can be even more triggering mm-hmm. and i will be honest like i have started to in some ways i don't bring certain stuff up i don't bring some stuff up i just mm-hmm. change my i move different sometimes mm-hmm. you know like if i if i've been dealing with the person for a while and i know how this person is and i know how they think and they're not gonna change mm-hmm. that's cool bro so that just means mm-hmm. for me i'm not gonna be able to do this that, this and that yeah. because that's the thing about that peace thing after you done fought and tussle for it nothing and no one i think we said that out there earlier like you know there are certain things i'm just not going to continue on this argument with you mm-hmm. 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 whether it be my husband my parents okay. my sisters yes. my siblings my friends and yes. friends anybody i'm not going to sit in this with you what what are we gonna do right where are we going from here i don't have it yeah I don't want to have it. I'm not going to have it. Let's move forward. So, okay, you don't want to do this. Okay, that's fine. Cool. Like, I can't make you do anything you don't want to do, but I know what I can do. Right. I have power over my behavior, my actions, and what I choose and choose, what I choose to be a part of and not be a part of. And if I choose not to be a part of this, then that's it. Right. Exactly. And being okay, and truly being okay with that. Mm -hmm. Because the people pleaser in me used to, well, you know, maybe if I just, if, no. I'm not doing that no more. I'm not doing mm-hmm. that. I deserve to be treated this way. I don't. I don't care who you are, what you do, who you love, and what you serve. This. This is. This, this is. is this is the standard. Mm-hmm. This is the standard. You know. And like mm-hmm. I said, my mom taught me that. Like you have to teach people how to treat you, mm-hmm. no matter who they are. Mm-hmm. You know. And I hope to God that my child, if any, if I am the one causing harm, that he always feels that he can come to me, and tell me that I've caused him harm, mm-hmm. even if I didn't mean to. Yeah. Oh, another quick thing I wanted to add, because I know I was on the... I felt like what I said was so long, was that I want to make sure when I was telling you about a child or raising a child, something in the future, if I decide to have one, making sure I don't, they don't have to heal for me. That's what, one of my intentions. I want to make sh- try my best that I don't um, cripple... And this might be a big thing to put on my parents, but cripple their walk with, with the Lord. Mm. Because the, the only reason I say that is because I've been upset with God for so long. I go back and forth mm-hmm. because I understand his thinking is not our thinking and all mm-hmm. that. But I'm like, okay, you bless, although I don't know other people's stories, mm-hmm. you bless some people with some better parents than me. Mm-hmm. Like, why couldn't I, why I had to have two effed up parents? Why couldn't I just have one <laughs> effed up parent? Or why couldn't I just, why couldn't the situation Shame be different, me. you know? 
So, but I know I've been praying that for years, but I know God isn't, or I don't think he's going to give me that answer. And it might not even be relevant. People go through a bunch of different crazy mm -hmm. stuff. And, you know, I've heard people say, you know what? There's a story in it. I still have not gotten that story yet or, or that reason. This, this is your story, though, yeah. Jamie. Well, like, you know. There's a message. Or sorry. Something to learn. Yeah. I, I hate. I'm so sorry. No, you're you fine. But I just. It's hard when you're in something. Because me and my. Right now, I'm going through something that mm -hmm. I'm just like, whatever. You know, like, this is frustrating. Why me? Why me? But you never know at the end of this story what how you can bless somebody else, what who what you can what you can add to somebody else's life and what is going to bring for you either, you know? And I know like I can't speak to that because I didn't go through what you've been through in your childhood. But listening to you talk about it, I know many people who have experienced parents that might have not been the best. Mm. And hearing you say, like, I choose my peace and I'm not going to allow this and that to to take that piece away from me that's a story for someone to some somebody needs to hear that mm -hmm. i promise you there are women or pe people in general who continue to put themselves in situations that are not beneficial or healthy for them mm -hmm. but they might have need to hear you say like i'm not doing that right it's gonna stop now i'm going to choose myself my marriage my husband my family before i allow anything else or anybody else to come in and take that piece or whatever that is away from me i agree with everything you said and i know that's true and capable but if i had a choice mm. the reason why i'm ups i've been upset and still from because i go i have different levels some days i'm like okay i can accept it mm. some days i'm like god really the reason why I still feel that way is because I'm like, I still wish I wouldn't have had to go through this, yeah. you know? So I know I can help yeah. somebody. I know I'm, I might mm -hmm. be helping somebody either right now or years later, but this is not how I wanted to do it. I mean, not with messed up parents. Like it really, it really hurts. Mm -hmm. So I would choose some other different trauma or something if I could. I say that now, but yeah, but it's something I'm working through. And you know what, Jamie, I mm -hmm. don't, I put you on the spot. All right. I don't know if you're still like, I don't know if you're enrolled in counseling, like consistent counseling, but if you are or when you do, I do go to it often. Okay, often, good. Yeah. yeah. You might want to bring up that inner child work hmm. because that inner child work is hard work. Yeah. It's emotional work. Hmm. But it, I'm about to start crying just talking about it right now, but hmm. it is healing work. Hmm. And it has helped me move past some blocks. And I didn't even have like a bad childhood or nothing like that. It's just things that I experienced that caused um, thought processes mm -hmm. and the way and the way that I think. And it has allowed me to reshape the way that I think mm -hmm. because I've healed that part of my inner child. Hmm. Mm. You know? Yeah. So you may want to consider bringing that up and getting into that inner child work because it's helpful. It's hard. It's hurt. Mm. But it works. Yeah, I'm tired of crying and counseling, y'all. I'm just being mm -hmm. real, bro. That's what a healing come in, though. But yeah, For I haven't real. focused on that much in counseling. I brought it up here and there. Yeah. But it's not much energy I want to give to it. I understand. But it's so, yeah. And you got to be ready. Might... Yeah, because that's tough. It's hard mm -hmm. to really have to go back into that and, like, just thinking about the kind of, like, when, there are certain things, like, I'll talk about that'll get me antsy and I can mm. feel, like, the emotions rolling. And yeah. I'm already a very emotional person. Yes. Like, I can cry over some of the like dumbest thing. <laughs> Me too. Cry baby cry. Like super whatever. But yeah. 
Yeah, and that's okay. And that's why you have therapy. But I get what you're saying about, like, not wanting to get into it in therapy. And you do have to be ready. So I respect that, and I understand. But when you do get ready, that inner child work is the key. I'm mm. convinced. Okay. I am convinced. the next thing I focus on then. I'm convinced. And, mm. and Jamie, if, if ain't nobody told you, girl, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you were dealt that hand because you don't deserve that. You don't deserve that. And I don't even know the ins and outs. I don't have to know the ins and outs to tell you that I'm sorry and that you didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. And I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kirsten. so funny. All right. Hey, guys. We finally reached the end of this show, which was really good to me. I enjoyed Denise. Me too. And I enjoyed Kirsten acting up with her as usual. (laughs) <laughs> and um you know me keeping it real with y'all um pouring my heart out and joking around and stuff <clears throat> so we hope that you enjoyed our show and now it's the time for our spoonful of the day this is the part of the show where we leave you with some food for thought so kirsten what's some food for thought that you can leave with us today um i just want to say i really enjoyed having denise as well she was like the best spontaneous last minute ad yeah to our uh, episode roster today a perfect fit agreed agreed i think if i um had to leave our listeners with something to reflect on it would um it would be to always remain aware of what we're teaching our children by the way we interact with them. And that's not to say that you'll never have a bad day or you'll never misrepresent your intentions or yourself uh, or your feelings when you're dealing with your child. But I do think that it's important for us as parents and caregivers of our children to do the best that we can with them. And Mm -hmm. I know that's like a cliche term, but truly the best that we can. And that's not necessarily sticking to our guns. Like this is the way I was raised and this is how I'm doing it, but more so what's best for my child. And I feel like I have the same spoonful after every episode, but I think that's because it really does resonate with me. You know, um, I would also say to um, have a goal in mind for your parenting and how you want your children to end up, like begin with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. You know, if I want my child to be compassionate, then I must parent compassionately. If I want my child to be an accountable human being, then I must must parent with accountability. Um, And then I might also say, as always, just give that grace, um, not only to yourself, but to your children. Uh, Apologize when you're wrong. And I might even challenge you to provide a space where it's okay for your children to um to state when they've been wrong and uh and how it made them feel um because we are raising a different breed of children with more emotionalities and more gifts and talents and that parenting may not look the same as how we were parented and that is okay because we're preparing our children for a future and not a past how about you jamie well said as usual um hmm me I'm not I'm not really sure. Usually I really have something in mind. The thing that sticks out for me to leave with all of our listeners would be this might be a little cliche as well, but seriously and intentionally be a good person. Intentionally be a good person. Um <clears throat> if you're having a good day and it's easier for you to, you know, be nice that day, then go with it. If you're having a bad day, just do your best to just be cool. Even if it's minimal interaction with people, just everybody you come into contact with, your family, 
your friends, a stranger. Be intentionally good. Um, and, you know, ripple effects that extends through your life and it, and it creates ripple effects throughout other people's lives. You never know what other people are going through. And some people don't know what you're going through, you know. So, yeah, that's what I'll leave with you tonight. And I think, guys, um, I want to thank you guys again for being so uh, patient with us in our time uh, mm -hmm. away from the podcast. We did kind of ghost y'all a little bit. So thank you for returning to us. Don't forget to subscribe and share. And thanks for joining us on A, a Spoonful, Spoonful of Sugar. Of sugar.